My name is Georgiana. I am CEO and founder of BeagleCat, and soon you will be listening to Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. In this podcast, I regularly talk to employer branding managers, talent acquisition managers, and human resources managers in tech companies in Germany, Romania, and the US. For more content on employer branding-related themes, go to employerbranding.tech or beaglecat.com. Stay tuned! Hello everyone, here we are with a new episode of Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. I'm Georgiana, as you already know, and today we are talking about employer branding in the context of learning and development, which is a direction I only tackled in the beginning of this podcast, haven't really spoken about it since, which is why I'm super happy to be greeting Aki Friedrich, who is one of the best specialists that I've ever met on the topic. Welcome, Aki. Thank you so much for accepting to talk to me today. Thanks for having me. And uh, Aki has worked with TaxFix for quite a while, for I think uh, a bit longer than two years. And now he is helping others succeed at SuperSide. But please tell us a little bit about what your role involves in learning and development. Yeah, yeah, sure. So hi again, I'm Aki. Um, and yeah, thanks for your kind words as well. I'm working in learning and development, as you said, I've done so in different companies uh, of different sizes. You mentioned a few. And currently I'm a director of learning experience at SuperSight. Mm -hmm. um, it's a wonderful company that offers creative services. And before that, I worked at uh, another scale up that you also mentioned, TaxFix, um, two and a half years where I built the learning function from scratch. Mm -hmm. And before that, I was uh, at Apple retail for seven years. So, you know, really long time and very different functions. But I'm actually a musician by training. And so nice. I kind of have a, you know, creative background myself. So I have done a few changes in mm -hmm. my career as well. And yeah, I, I would say that's it in a nutshell. And my, my role encompasses um, building the learning function from scratch, basically, right? So uh, building a learning environment, mm -hmm. enabling people to learn. Um, it has connections to career development as well and all of the topics that come with mm -hmm. it. You know, Aki, I'm, I'm originally from, uh, from Romania and uh, I'm in my hometown, Yash, currently, which is Romania's second biggest city, a university mm -hmm. city, actually. Mm -hmm. And yesterday evening, I was invited by one of my former students, I used to be a teacher at the university a while ago, mm -hmm. uh, to attend this seminar about employer branding and um, you know creating an EVP. And at some point, diversity and inclusion was one of the topics mm -hmm. we discussed. And then we spoke mm -hmm. about learning and development. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was such a change and it was such a new topic. And it made me think, you guys, you are so lucky to be approaching these topics. 15 years ago, while I was studying, and I also studied mm -hmm. abroad, okay, so not just in Romania, these were topics that nobody was mentioning. Nobody mm -hmm. had any yeah. clue what they meant. So, yes. you know, this, this brings me to my first question, which may sound silly in a way, but still I want you to, to, to answer it. Why mm -hmm. is learning and development important in an organization? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a silly question. And it's really, you know, we, we need to answer it again and again, I guess. Um, and I think it can do different things in organizations, um, you know, um, and you can look at it from different angles as well. And mm -hmm. I think one angle is personal growth. Uh, which seems to be the big one of our time, or at least, you know, of the last years. And it relates to employee retention and how people grow, for example. Right. Um, 
and building skills is another thing. So can you build skills really in a targeted manner? Um, and it can also play really business-centric roles, so really um, creating training that helps achieving business results, basically, right? Uh, which could be, for example, if you have somebody in sales who needs to position a product more effectively, yeah. or if you have somebody who needs to address concerns in a different way, you can train people with really specific skills on something and really being very close to the business, which I think is uh, an important role as well. Um, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> um, I think it's a field, you know, it's, it's kind of very pop popular, as you mentioned, yeah, like exactly. it's mentioned a lot. Um, it's kind of in everybody's head at the same time. I think sometimes it's a bit blurry what it can do. And it's really important to define this and really begin the discussion when you come into a company and think about what should it do for the company because it can do different things. But I think the two big ones that, that you, I can think of right now is um, employee retention. So basically, yeah. you know, if you offer something that's really beneficial for people, they feel they can grow in the company, um, they will stay longer. It's that simple. But also achieving business goals, like helping businesses achieving business goals um, quicker or at all even, right? Mm -hmm. So both of these, mm -hmm. I would say. And you know what the situation looks like at the moment for employer branding. You know, I was mm. uh, I was part of the layoffs in December and I see that mm. still companies are either not hiring in this role or they yes. are firing their employer branding managers. So they think yes. they can do without. I'm not going to talk about what's going to happen when the market takes off again. Yeah. I, I think, OK, maybe let's say from from one perspective, I could maybe understand that they don't have the budget, although you don't need a huge budget for employer branding. They can exist without it. Let's say in a, in a world that's, you know, um, oriented towards the basic needs. But I think without learning and development, no company can grow. No company can become sustainable. It's clearer and clearer. People are going to leave you if you don't have a clear career path, if you don't train them, yes. you know. Yes. But I'm wondering how many companies share this perspective? Yeah, um, I can talk from my perspective. And I was lucky enough that the companies that I worked in, they did promote learning and development heavily and acknowledged that it's an important function. So and I, I think traditionally, if you look at the scale up environment or the startup environment, mm -hmm. it's, it's very present and, you know, people are really aware. I think what happens sometimes is that there is a, a consensus that learning is important, but it's not uh, like not a lot of people know why and yeah. how it contributes to a company's mm -hmm. success, mm -hmm. which can lead to a lot of confusion and makes it blurry sometimes. Um, and that's why I think and I mentioned it before, I think we need to uh, like challenge senior leadership and senior leaders to think about what the learning function can do for a company in the end and what they expect from it as well. Right. And becoming okay. really specific about mm -hmm. that. And I've done that a few times, as you can imagine, in my career. Uh, challenging people to think about that, about the intended outcome. And I've seen quite some question marks in people's eyes and even, you know, very tenured leaders that are usually very results driven, very outcome yeah. focused. They don't have great answers to this. Um, and so it seems hard for people to wrap their minds around this mm -hmm. and it's understandable. But I think we need to have this discussion first. Um, but generally speaking, uh, answering to your question, I think the companies that I worked in, they have it very top of mind. At the same time, it's not always very clear what role learning and development plays. And it can mean very yeah. different things in different companies. Indeed, you are right. And I, I think about 
friends and colleagues from my generation of students who who are currently in HR and who are currently Mm -hmm. initiating roles for learning and development in big organizations in Bucharest, for example. So it is beginning to to take up for sure, to take off. Um, But I'm wondering, your role is somehow in the middle, right? So you have to serve leadership and the business objectives. And at the same time, you need to think of what the employees need to learn. And maybe, I don't know, their personal passions and hobbies sometimes. So so what are the purposes in the end of Mm -hmm. leadership, of learning and development? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And I think um, I wouldn't look at it from a separate things. I think both are connected, like mm-hmm. being employee centric and business oriented at the same time. I think both work hand in hand. Um, so I think in the end, the, the answer is that we, we, we need both. We need a mix of both. Um, a bit more uh, extensive answer might be that, I mean, we can never forget that businesses are built of people, right? So right. without listening to people and taking care of people's needs, there is no way of succeeding, no way. But I believe we also need to start more often with the, the, the business in mind and, you know, being really business centric to understand how learning and development can contribute to the mm-hmm. business success. And why do I say it that way? Because I think it's important to acknowledge that businesses can't exist without business success in the end, right? That's true. Um, yeah. Business success can also mean people staying longer with the company, meaning, you know, if you add value for them, then they stay long, longer. That's usually good for a business in most cases, at least. Um, but if L&D doesn't contribute to business success, then it's not a sustainable function. And we, we can't afford not, not to be a sustainable function in the end, right? Because mm-hmm. we will become mm-hmm. obsolete. Um, and it might sound harsh, you know, being that clear. Um, but I think what I've seen a lot is the notion that L&D is something only to make people happy or, you know, thinking of it as a benefit or yeah, nice yeah. to have. Mm-hmm. And that creates this notion that it's, you know, it's a ni- nice to have and not a business necessity, which I think it is not. I think it can help business a lot in succeeding and achieving goals. And I think it's so important to make that clear. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if we were to imagine learning and development in startups, okay, smaller mm-hmm. companies where resources are very scarce, where budgets are being cut all the time, yeah. how can these leaders think about learning and development? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would say think small is a really good starting point. Think about learning principles more than learning content. And don't think about uh, learning as a separate activity, like embedded, right? It's not something external. It's not something you should outsource. Um, And I can elaborate a bit on that. I think um, most of the time when we talk about learning and development, um, we think about resources and training and online courses and books and so on, right? So kind of the knowledge. Um, But I don't think that's the primary problem of our time. Um, we have more resources than we can ever consume. We, you know, curation might be a problem, like finding the right resources, but we have high quality resources and often they are for free, you know, all big universities, post courses online. And basically on every skill that I can think of, there's a tutorial on uh, YouTube or context around it and so on. The question is, how can we take knowledge and turn it into a skill? And how can we do that within super busy working environments, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's the tricky thing. Um, and I think the best way to do this is to embed learning in everything that we do in the end and not thinking about it, you know, now I'm going into a training event and then I come out of it and then I've learned, but rather thinking about it, how can I learn along the way? And I have a small example how I do this. 
um, and that's in my one-on-ones with my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a section in my one- one-on-ones where I ask, um, what is one thing that you've learned last week? It's such mm-hmm. a simple question, right? It's mm-hmm. a learning extraction, mm-hmm. basically becoming aware of something um, that you've done. Um, and, you know, the thing is we learn all the time usually, and usually we know how to find good resources when we miss knowledge, but we often miss reflecting on learnings and then we miss practice. Um, because this is in the end how we build a skill, right? We don't build it by reading a book. And I've seen yeah. a lot of yeah. people who know a lot of stuff about something, but they don't have the skill. I mean, how many people do know about coaching, but they are not really good coaches, right? There's yeah. millions of people, yeah, yeah. I would Absolutely. say. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. And by asking simple questions like this regularly, you can help people reflect and then understand how well they did something. Mm-hmm. And also understand, was it a success? Did I fail on something? And then they can adjust and, you know, use it again in the future or do it differently and so on. Um, but it's, I, I feel, you know, sense making, reflection, all of these things are so underrated in learning and development. And it doesn't need a lot of resources to do that. It's more a habit for leadership. And it's, it's about how can I embed this in things that we already have, like performance conversations, for example, right? What role does learning and development play here? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really small example that I uh, told you about, so hopefully really easy to apply. Um, but I think it's so important not to think of it as uh, something that you go and do and then you come back and you've learned, but rather it's on the job. It's while you have conversations, while you have feedback conversations, while you have co- coaching conversations and so on, and while you do your job in the end. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're totally right, because nowadays it's so easy to get a diploma for absolutely anything. Yes. You've got yes. LinkedIn courses, you've got Udemy, all the big universities, like you said, they offer learning material for everything. The exactly. question is, how do you apply it in your organization? Indeed. Exactly. And it's different for you and me, right? Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. might learn the same skill, mm-hmm. but in our context, it might seem something different. So the yeah. way you use it, the way you need to use it in the end might be different, although it sounds like it's the same thing we do. And it's it's such a simple question, you know, just having this question within the team once a week and trying to reflect on what you've learned. This is, yeah, yes. it's, it's mind-blowing. So easy to implement and yes. such important results. And, you know, I, I'm thinking now that in IT, because we, we work a lot with companies in IT and I was part of uh, tech organizations, there's always concern for improving skills for developers. Absolutely mm-hmm. always. They need to improve yes. their, their uh, programming levels or they need to yes. switch from one technology to the other. All the time. <laughs> All the time, right? But for people yeah. in employer branding, for example, or in marketing, not yes. so much. Why this yes. huge difference between them? Yeah, um, I think it's more obvious. And obviously the development in, in technical roles is really quick still. I mean, yeah. the you know, the uh, kind of pace of how um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. programming languages yeah. are being developed is yeah. extremely high and it's much more tangible. So when you don't, you know, have the skill of programming in a certain language, it's very obvious you can't do it. Uh, when you don't have the skill of, I don't know, addressing difficult problems in organizations, uh, in conversations, then it might show, but it's not something that is so obvious, right? So I think sometimes it's just more tangible. Um, But I agree, it's it's a very obvious thing. And by the way, um, usually technical departments have very good approaches to learning and development and great communities already, how they learn, how they approach it. It's, It's really impressive. 
And I, I remember this happening in the tech organizations I've known for 15 years. They were learning and reading in groups and exchanging knowledge yes. for yes. 15, 17 years already. Yes, I know. Communities oh. of practice. Right now we have fancy labels for this, but in the end it's, yeah. it has yeah. already been there. Yeah. Indeed. And if we were to, to, to sum up, if, if possible, all this huge yeah. knowledge into just three good tips for any manager mm. willing to implement learning and development strategies in their organizations, yeah. what would mm. you advise them? Yeah. Um, that's a big question. <laughs> I would say um, three things perhaps that come to mind really, you know, simple stuff, um, help people set sensible development goals and follow up on them. So, yeah. you know, really being um, conscious about what you want to learn, because the danger is that there's obviously thousands of things that would help us uh, approach. But we you know we kind of need to understand what do i focus on right now what is helpful in my context what do i need to learn in my role and so on so setting goals with them regularly and following up what i've seen a lot is mm -hmm. they set goals and then they never talk they about it again yeah. but really using your one-on-ones using your next development conversation to talk about it that's one thing um the other thing really what i what i said uh, just before is regularly extract learnings and helping people you know because we learn all the time, we sometimes just need to understand, um, did it work well? Can I use this again? And so on. So whenever you can extract learnings and there's good examples how um, teams do this, like in team retros after, you know, sprints, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of approaches already, but whenever you can ask people and highlight a skill, label it and say, ah, you know, this is this was this skill, this is coaching, yeah. what you did here is a feedback skill and so on. Um, so that's number two. Number three, um, whenever possible, coach don't teach. Um, allow people finding answers themselves. It's a very different thing learning about something by uh, getting a solution basically yeah. versus finding the solution yourself exactly. and i feel this is where we can improve a lot or generally speaking this is what happens a lot is that leaders try to provide solutions mm -hmm. and help people overcome something by telling them how they would approach it and it's not the same thing for everybody so really asking great questions to mm -hmm. help people finding their own solutions yeah that, that's that's very valuable actually um, and I'm, I'm thinking now about one aspect which always attracted my attention and mm -hmm. that for me will make the difference when joining an organization or not. And that is the career path that the organization mm -hmm. offers. And yes. I've spoken to many people in human resources and it's sort of a very blurry concept. It's something that people are sometimes scared of. And, you know, I'm, yes. I'm wondering, is it that difficult of a process to create a good career path for every employee or for every role mm -hmm. in itself? Mm -hmm. um, short answer, yes, from my experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the long answer is perhaps, you know, it depends if, if you want to design something kind of contemporary uh, and, you know, a contemporary career development framework, if you want to call it like this, mm -hmm. it's a lengthy process because you need um, mature frameworks around it as a precondition, like right. as an example, like a proper competency framework mm -hmm. um, and a leveling structure in the company. And, you know, this has implications on compensation and other complex areas, which which kind of makes it a big thing because it's not like drawing one path, which would seem very simple, obviously. Yeah. And the thing is, um, 
I don't like the term career pathways a lot, to be honest, because I think mm -hmm. it still stems from this idea that you join in a role and then there's a clear path where you, where you will go right. afterwards. Mm -hmm. And usually we don't know and it becomes more uncertain and uncertain, I feel, in, in our times because uh, options are there much many more options right oh. now. And, um, you know, jobs go away, other jobs yeah. emerge. People have very clear ideas about what they want to do for a certain mm -hmm. time. And mm -hmm. then after some time, they have different ideas what to do. And I've done the same, right? I have had different roles in my career and I love it. I think it's really cool. But in the end, it's very hard to expect like a clear pathway. It has to be some kind of um, open framework. And then yeah. you need people to support you to navigate this framework. And I remember back at TaxFix, we talked about it as a um, jungle gym. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know it from the playgrounds, this, um, you know, where kids climb. Yeah. And it's kind of flexible. It goes in all directions. It goes up and down. It goes, you can do lateral movements in the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, you can, can just sit sometime uh, at, at a certain position. And I think it's a good re representation versus the old idea of, you know, joining in a role and then having this ladder of seniority and then at some point you arrive and then, you know, it's get tricky to develop. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say it's, yeah, it's a lengthy process. Mm -hmm. It's tricky. It's not impossible, yeah. but the tricky thing is to have a really solid competency framework in place and then um, enabling managers to help people navigate this, basically. I think mm -hmm. that's the two mm -hmm. trickiest parts. I like, I like the perspective of being mm -hmm. flexible and allowing the employee to see where the company takes him and or her or whether the uh, the role takes them. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, how does learning and development integrate or influence employer branding? Mm -hmm. um, good question. I could ask it back to you, <laughs> but I will yeah. give you my five cents. Uh, so in my experience, I mean, it's really important in, in talent acquisition. So candidates are looking for development opportunities at companies as something really crucial. That's my experience when they apply, um, they ask for it. Um, they, they want to know about the, you know, offers that a company has in that sense. And I believe it can have a big impact on talent attraction. And, you know, like people yeah. are just scanning companies for development opportunities. So if there are good opportunities, they usually um, think of the company in, in, in a better or different way. Mm -hmm. um, on, the, on the other hand, I think, um, you know, it tells a lot about the culture of a company, how they grow people, how they support people in developing new skills. And, you know, also all this field around um, um, failing and learning from failure and so on. It tells a lot about how, what values are vivid in yeah. a company. Yeah. And it shapes a lot the picture that I would have of a company if I, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. if I'm in an interview and I ask people about the company and how, for example, how they react to failure and how they, uh, make decisions and so on. Um, it gives me a lot of information about what the company is like, how it operates and how yeah. it, yeah. you know, kind of what kind of interactions it fosters. And this shapes a lot how I see the company in the end. And I think um, this is also, if, if I think of Google, for example, it's such mm -hmm. an employer branding advantage for them yeah. that their culture is so mm -hmm. specific and so kind of famous that, yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. for sure an advantage. No, for, yeah, that's for the two sure. things I can think of. Yeah, it is. It is a huge asset, and I I think 
many organizations who have learning and development departments and and roles could emphasize it a little bit more and could project it a little bit towards the outside because any person who is willing to learn and to uh, to grow with the company is going to be impressed by that and Mm. it's going to say okay this organization is uh, interested in my well-being and is interested in my growth and uh, you know they're not scared that i might take the growth to a different company they're just doing it for me but unfortunately, they don't do it. I see it so rarely packaged within, yeah. you know, the EVP that it's it's really a, a shame. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we did it a bit at TaxFix, and I think it had quite quite a nice impact. But yeah, I think um, yeah, it, it's changing, you know, because a lot of people are looking for it. I feel it becomes more present, but mm-hmm. it's also very depending on the time how kind of um, um, employer driven the market is, or yeah. you know, like. Um, what what times we we live in basically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, i'm uh, we're, we're reaching the end of this discussion that's what i'm trying to say so i'm gonna yeah. ask now the final question mm-hmm. because we've spoken a lot about how organizations um see learning and development and how uh, your role is positioned to to um, support employees growth so i'm i'm wondering now if we were to to take a step back and or put ourselves into the employees shoes how can i influence the organization into creating let's not say a career path system but into mm-hmm. supporting me more you can, in you my can still say it <laughs> super fair yeah. <laughs> um I mean, very simply speaking, uh, let the company know, like there's a lot of good moments like engagement surveys, you know, people mm-hmm. surveys where mm-hmm. you can just uh, let leadership know that this is something you're looking for. And in my experience, um, this is something a company reacts to, like at least, you know, um, uh, great companies, they yeah. listen to what people are looking for. And it has been a topic as long as I can think. Um, never, you know, not even minding what maturity the career framework had, but yeah. I think it's something people are always thinking about and it's supernatural because mm-hmm. people want to develop and want to kind of progress in any way mm-hmm. in, in their life. Um, so I think uh, let people know, um, let the leadership know for sure, ask for it f- uh, in your conversations with your managers. I think a big part of career development happens in one-on-ones and right. development conversations. It's not necessarily something so technical. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. what you also have to adopt as a mindset is don't expect a framework to yeah. give you a career yeah. because I've seen really good frameworks as well and still some people struggled mm-hmm. navigating it because in the end what you will need is the drive to explore different positions. Um, You need to understand what Mm -hmm. skills you would like to develop, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, um, how open to change you are, you know, like it's it's also challenging being in new roles, like it's a really um, tough time sometimes. And it's a lot of personal decisions. And I feel we should also like um, educate people to say, if you want to progress, mm-hmm. these are the things. And yeah. In, yeah. in my former company, we had a workshop, uh, I think it was called Career Growth Workshop, where you were basically, you know, thinking about the skills that you need to develop your career, which mm-hmm. I think is mm-hmm. super useful. Because in the end, what you need to do is understand what do different positions do, interview people perhaps, you know, what does the job really look like, then understand what skills do I need to develop, how can I develop these skills. And the, I think the best thing a career framework can do is 
give you directions and help you understand how can I move from A to B, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. moving you, was, you will still have to do yourself. yourself. And being really blunt about that, I think that's also important and helpful. In the well, I, I think in the end, it's also a matter of, you know, taking your path into your own hands and just yes. looking to the people around you. Like, I want to transition from this role to that role. How much do I need to learn? What do I need to do to get there? Exactly. And then, yes, if the organization is supportive, I think it could be done. Yeah. Yes. The, the boils down also to the culture of the company. Yeah, always. yeah totally. Mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. How, how supported do you feel and how listened to do you feel? Indeed. Cool. This has been very valuable input. I thank you so much for talking to me today. Course, and yeah. um, I wish you good luck in implementing all those strategies. Thank you so much. I'll talk about it in a few months, perhaps. Thank you so much, Georgiana. And, uh, thank you. Take care.